0: it's 2022. How long, how long is it going to take us to uh, to remember that? Do you know in the olden days, those of you who are below, I don't know, about 30, you don't remember this, but but you, we used to have checkbooks. Did you remember having checkbooks? And uh, and my mom had a habit of um, of at the beginning of the year, for the first about 10 checks, on the 1st of January, she would write 2022 at the beginning, just so that she didn't make a mistake and have to Tear the check out. That's going back in time, hey? Some of you, I know, Gudrun, I know you remember checkbooks. Yep, some of us do. But welcome to 2022. It's so good. It's so good to be here with you. Um, You know, I was reading about New Year's resolutions. And uh, one of the things that um, they say about New Year's resolutions, there are about five things that we don't do well, when it comes to New Year's resolutions, and there are reasons. Do you, did you know that there are reasons why? Here are some of the reasons that we're not ready to change. Okay, so we want to, but we're not ready to. There's no self-monitoring. Yeah. So we don't. We don't. We don't get ourselves into some kind of a self-mode of I'm going to do this better. Um, you know, some of those things. Lack of planning. That's one of my points today, so remember that one. Overconfidence. Those of you who buy a 12-month gym contract on the 1st of January, maybe, maybe shorten it a little if you've never done it before and just start small, right? And, um, and the last one is this. Not looking at what you must stop doing in order to start something. So there's a reason why I'm saying all of this this morning. I want you to remember some of those things because we're starting a new year. We're starting a series called Abide where we're going to be looking at, at getting into the Word of God and that Word being the thing that sustains us throughout this year. So, so one of the things, I at the beginning of every year, one of the things I do is I say to God, Lord, what is it that you want me to do this year? And you know, when you, have you ever asked God that question? You know, when you ask God that question, it's never just about you. You know that, right? So those of you who've, who've heard me speak anything in the last couple of years will recognize this. For the last two years, Jesus was really creative, and he said the same thing. He said, be kind to yourself. So the second time he said it, I was like, Lord, you know, you've got so many words at your disposal. Is that really the thing that you want to say again? And he, he did. However, this year, he said something new. I was like super excited. I'm like, yes, does that mean I've conquered that thing? I'm now knowing how to be kind to myself at the tender age of 40-something. So this is what he said this year. He said, grow in relationships. Grow in relationships. And I believe that that's human relationships, spousal relationships. Those of you who are trusting for your spouse, you never know. Breakthroughs coming, Didi. And, and relationship with Him. And so it's so great that we get to have this beginning of the year where we're getting to consecrate as an every-nation movement and we're getting to think about how do we grow in our relationship with God. The first thing I want to do, though, is, uh, is this. Now, you will recognize that there are some toes in there. Those are my toes. So here's one of the things that I was thinking about when we're thinking about relationships. Relationships. Is how do you get to know somebody better you look at their toes correct well done Pastor Carol you look at their toes (laughs) how do you get to know somebody better well there's a guy called Gary Chapman I don't know if you've heard of him he speaks about the five love languages my husband the most handsome man in the room his love language is quality time and so one of the things that we I didn't enjoy doing it at first I confess, but one of the things that we enjoy doing now so much, hence some of these things that are here for you to have a look at, is we love being out on the water, in a kayak. Those of you who love the outdoors, save up. We saved up for two years to buy ourselves a new one. We didn't do birthdays and anniversaries and Christmases. We saved everything up, and we bought a great kayak. And one of the things that I realized, though, is this. Is that in order to do this quality time thing with people, or in order to get to know somebody better, there are things that we have to do. One of the things we have to do is forward plan. So when you're going kayaking, it's not the best time to do it when there's a hailstorm. I know, especially in an inflatable kayak. (laughs) So one of the things you do is you check the weather. Make sure it's going to be a great day. Some of the other things you do, you have to have, if, if you're me or Pastor Andrew, you have to have coffee. Okay, You need a pump to pump up the kayak, otherwise it ain't going nowhere fast. You need paddles. You need sun lotion, because it's going to be a nice day. So there are things that you need to plan ahead of time. You have to pack the stuff in the car. This, this bit is hard for me, you have to get up early and get onto the water before the wind starts. So there's all these sorts of things that you have to do in order to be ready. Once you're ready, once the kayak is inflated and you're on the water, there's something else that you have to now do. Otherwise, it's gonna be not a great time. You have to learn, and I would do this if I didn't have this hanging around my neck, is you have to learn how to row in sync. Because if Alan is sitting in the front and he's rowing, and I'm sitting at the back, and I'm not rowing in sync with him, guess what happens to the paddles every time we try and do anything? Either we're going to go round and round in circles and get nowhere fast, or I'm going to stop and give up, or we're going to row in sync together, I'm going to watch him, and I'm going to do what he's doing at the same time he's doing it. Which means we're not going to (laughs) fight. It's a great pre-marriage tool. For those of you who are not yet married, Go kayaking with your spouse-to-be and try and row in sync or pitch a tent. Those are the two things that are great to do pre-marriage. Then, this is the beautiful thing about it. Once you've done all of that, you're rowing in sync, here's what you get to do. You get to just be together. You get to be together. You get to enjoy each other's company. You get to gaze into each other's eyes. Those of you who are not married, the time is coming Tarboy is saying, Amen. You get to know what the other person is all about. You have good times if the weather's great, you have bad times when the weather's a bit challenging. So, the last story I'm going to tell you before we get into the word, because that's what we're here for today, is this. I know when we're having a good time, I know. Alan, we've got the coffee, we're all ready, everything's great. Our kayak does this thing where the seat drops and you can turn around and you can face each other and just drift and have breakfast while you're out on the water. It's magnificent. However, there was a time, a couple of years ago, where we were on a river in, down in the Southern Cape. And the weather was great. The little frog on the Google app said it's a great time to go kayaking, so we did. But the weather turned. On our way back, all of a sudden, the wind was against us. And it didn't matter how much we rode in sync. It didn't didn't matter how much I prayed and I did. We didn't go anywhere. It was was like there was this hurricane coming against us. And eventually, what had to happen is I had to then walk back along the shore. And Alan was dragging the boat behind him, pulling it with all the stuff in it. Thank you, darling. But this is what I found that day. Because I knew Alan, and when he said to me, babe, it's going to be okay, I trusted him. I knew it's going to be okay. Why did I know I could trust him? Because I know him. Because if he says it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. If Jesus says to you it's going to be okay, and that's all he says, it's going to be okay. Okay. He doesn't need to say more than that to you if that's what you need to hear. So the question is this, how do we then get to know Jesus better? I'm so glad you asked that question. Thank you for asking, otherwise I wouldn't be able to carry on preaching. Before I do that, we're going to pray. (laughs) Father, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Jesus, thank you for you. Look, God, when I was preparing for today, I just saw A picture of you filling this room and so I ask that you would do that right now Lord God that you would come and invade every heart that you would lead us that you would teach us Lord God that you would make this relevant to us all in Jesus name amen so one of the ways that we're going to go about this abide series is is thinking about the word so I thought it only fitting to read the word today it's a good thing to do, right? So we're going to read the Word. John 1, 1 to 5. There's, a, there's a, a bit to read, so let's get to it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. For from His fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side, and He made Him known. Lord, thank you for your word. So we're going to just have a look at some of these phrases in some of these scriptures that we've, that we've read, and I'm going to try and tie them to the analogy that I've done so that hopefully my hope is I was a teacher before I did this job. And so hopefully the, some of the analogy will, Holy Spirit will use it to help it sink in. Okay? So here we go. Let's get started. So in the beginning, this is amazing. That in the beginning, do you recognize those words from the very first book of the Bible? In the beginning, God had a plan right from the start. Just like we need to plan relationships growth, God had a plan right from the start. Right from the start, He made everything, He made order, He created the words that He spoke, He created. The words that he spoke created things, but they also created order. They created relationship. They created the possibility for growth, for increase, for more. They created the possibility to make things out of nothing. We've got testimonies of of limbs growing and all sorts of things because that's who Jesus is. He's the God who can create from nothing. Nothing. From the beginning, this is what he did. He had a plan in mind. And that plan involved you and it involved me. But it went further than that. It involved people around us as well. That word there, you'll notice here in John, the word, word. I know if Andrew was up here, he would say it better than I just did. But the word, word here, you will see that three times... And further on as well, it's personified. It's capitalized. What is John doing here whilst he's writing this gospel? He's making us aware that from the very beginning, God's plan was not just what he spoke, but it's who he was. It's not just what he spoke. He didn't just speak man and there was man. He didn't just speak meerkat and there was meerkat he also intended that he himself would be the one, Jesus himself. That's what John's doing here. He's saying that this word, Jesus, God himself, came and dwelt among us. That word, logos, is the word that is used. And here in John, it's the only time it's used over 300 times, believe it or not, in the New Testament, where Jesus does creative miracles, where he speaks, where things happen. But here John is saying, having lived with Jesus, having seen what he did, having called himself the most loved, right? The most loved of all of his disciples. He's telling us here that this, that this Jesus is God. He is the word. That's who he is. That's who he's introducing us to here. And he goes on to tell us that this same logos, this word, is the one in whom we find life and light. We don't find it apart from him, we find it in him. So us knowing the word, me trusting that what the word that Ellen says, it's going to be OK. how do I know that what Jesus is saying is the truth? Because he is the Word, because He is God. He is the living expression of the Father here on this planet. He came to show us the Father. I had a, a friend um, that I actually did a soul healing session with years ago, probably, I don't know, it was a long time ago, in the UK when I lived there. And, and one of the things that she said to me was, she said, how do I know who God is? How do I know that this God that you're talking about is different from the one that I believe in? And the Holy Spirit just dropped this in my heart and he, and he said this. He said, you just look at Jesus. Because Jesus is the living expression of God. So if you want to know who God is, you look at Jesus. That's how we find out who who he is. He's the divine expression, the divine living expression of God on earth. And this is the great thing. God in Jesus, in the word, is the one who creates order. So I want you to think about in your life where you think that there might be a bit of chaos at the moment. Anyone, just, just just say COVID and you think chaos. Carol and I were talking before about how lovely it must be to be in a world without masks. And all these children that are being born and think that everyone is some kind of an alien because of a mask. Right? You have to like have super amazing eye expressions because you can't see your face anymore. <laughs> but this is who the word is. Jesus, that's who he is. So... How does this relate to the boat? Well, in the beginning, God made a plan through Jesus. Long ago, he made that plan that when he created, if things didn't go the way that they were intended, walking in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve, there was a plan. And that plan is the word, and that word is Jesus. Here's the thing, which is... uh, oh. That's a great statement, let's say it. God <laughs> planned life in Jesus from the start. He planned life in Jesus from the start. The next portion of scripture that we looked at, there's, there's a couple of words that I want to just highlight here. I'm not going to do everything because otherwise we'd be here until next year, and that's a long time, seeing as it's only the 2nd of January. <laughs> but the phrase here that really stuck out to me is, he came He came to His own and his own people did not receive him but to all who did receive him who believed in him he be, he gave the right to become the children of god isn't that a great invitation that to all who did receive him that word in the greek receive speaks of of laying hold of it speaks of taking <laughs> sometimes we think receiving is like a bit like um You know, maybe if someone comes to give you a gift, you're like, no, no, that's not what he's saying. John's explaining here, and the word that he's using is to take. Take Jesus, receive Jesus. Lay a hold of all that there is in him. I spoke earlier on about the five love languages. Do you know what's amazing about Jesus coming and dwelling here on earth with us? is that in that very act, all five love languages, Gary Chapman wrote a book called Five Love Languages, and they are these, gift, words of affirmation, a quality time, touch, and acts of service. Just think about those. Just think about how in touching every single one of our love languages, when Jesus came to dwell on the earth, that's what he did. God gave him as a gift to us, He is the Word. When we think of words of affirmation, He is the Word. Made flesh. He's here. Made human amongst us. Quality time. Man, there's nothing better than just sitting with Jesus. One of the things that I love about being out on the boat with Ellen is, is it's just there's no distraction. You're out on the water. You might see the odd fisherman here, another kayaker over there. But you get to just be together with the other person. And Jesus longs for that with you. He longs for you to do that thing I spoke about at the beginning where where we decide what it is we're not going to do this year to make space for what we want to do. To have that time, to be able to dwell with him. What about touch? I don't know about you, but I've had moments where I've been with Jesus spending time with him and it's as if he's just there holy spirit is just there it's like he's it's like he's giving you a big hug sometimes he it's like he's just putting his hand on your shoulder or you get that warm fuzzy in your heart he's there and acts of service well <laughs> Washing feet, I mean the list goes on, right? Just go and read some of the Gospels. Washing feet, bending down, helping people, water, uh, spitting in in the sand to heal people, miracles, walking from place to place. The acts of service that he did, he came to serve. That's what he said that he came to do. And he came to dwell amongst us. He became flesh and dwelt amongst us. You know, in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, we read about the fact that, that God instructed Moses to have a place where God could tabernacle, could dwell in the midst of his people. It was a movable church. It's a bit like what we do every Sunday. Right? <laughs> a place where God could dwell and people could gather together to worship. And it moved on from there because Jesus became flesh and he dwelt among us. He tabernacled with us. That word dwell speaks about pitching tent. He came to pitch his tent with you. And it doesn't stop there. Because if you carry on reading even further, we find out that when Jesus went back to the Father, he said, wait. There's someone even better coming. Now guess what? You're the tabernacle jesus is dwelling in you that means where you move he's moving too so we now get to do what the israelites did way back then we get to take this presence with us wherever we go we get to follow jesus we get to share him with the world so how does that relate to alan and i well I won't tell you who the forward planner is in our relationship. But when I suggest that we go to the, on a the kayak tomorrow, guess what? The invitation is greatly received. And here's what God is doing. He's inviting us. He's inviting those around us to become this place of a tabernacle for other people. Not just for him, but for other people as well. Jesus is the living expression of Of God the verse goes on to say in John for from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace from his fullness not from our fullness not from my fullness pastor Carolyn pastor Andrew are amazing but it's not from their fullness it's from his fullness We get to receive grace upon grace. And then there's a phrase that says grace and truth. I love that those two words are put together. Because it's in this place that we we recognize this unfailing love that is there, this grace that is there, along with faithfulness, along with truth. How do you become known? Is it through TikTok and seeing who watches? Is it through Instagram and how many views you get on YouTube? And if that is it, my question is, is that truth? <laughs> is that who you really are? Even if you're following somebody, is that who they really are? You can follow great people, even Christian great preachers. not going to name any, but you can follow them. You can watch their five-minute Instagram feed. And you can even watch the extended version if you push here right now. My question is Is that truth? Is what you're seeing, even of me now, truth? But there is one who is here, who came to tabernacle amongst you, who never lies. He can't. He is truth, it's who he is. He tells you truth about you, he tells you truth about everybody else. And most importantly, he tells you truth about himself. Why is that important? Because when we are getting to become known or knowing other people, it's important because when he says, it's okay, I can trust it. How can I trust it's okay? How can I trust if a family member is in hospital and they're on a ventilator with COVID and Jesus says it's okay? How can I trust his it's okay? Because I know him. Because I've spent time abiding in him, with him, quality time, allowing him to touch me. So if he says it's okay, he's good. He creates order. So guess what? It's okay. How can I trust if Jesus says I love you? You are, you are the one that I most love. How can I trust that? Because I know him. Because he created me in the beginning, before the foundations of the world. He had a plan and a purpose, and it was good. And when he made mankind, it was very good. So guess what? You are very good. Well done. And you didn't even have to do anything. Just the mere fact that you were created by him makes you very good. How do I know when he says... Sam, you're my favorite. It's true. You're also his favorite. Don't worry. But how do I know it's true? Because he said it. Because I know who he is. Because he is the word. He is truth. And he speaks with such grace. And he loves unconditionally. And that's how I know it's true. Matthew 11, <clears throat> Lord Jesus, help my voice. Matthew 11 in the message translation says this. Are you tired? You don't have to answer these questions. Worn out? Burned out on religion? When you hear fasting and praying and consecration week coming up, what happens in your heart? Especially if Jesus has said it's coffee, you need to fast. Why? Why no? Then he goes on and he says, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. You know what happens when I go out in the kayak with Ellen (laughs) and it happens when I spend time with Jesus? I feel so refreshed. I feel like everything is okay. I can conquer the world. Bring it. Just bring it. COVID, long COVID, family far away, husband not employed, whatever it is, bring it. It's okay because I've spent time dwelling in that place of truth and grace. He says, I'll show you how to take a real rest. (laughs) Walk with me and work with me. Isn't it interesting how he says rest, but then he says walk with me and work with me. In other words, rest doesn't mean doing nothing. Rest is a state of being. It's a state of being in the kayak, being in the boat. Being with Jesus is that state of rest. And then he says this, watch how I do it. Watch how I do it. Remember Jesus said he only does what he sees the Father doing? If I'm in the kayak and I try to row a different way to Ellen, guess what? (coughs) Trouble ensues. If he wants to go left and I want to go right and I'm pulling harder on this side and he's pulling harder on this side, we're not going to go anywhere. He says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And then the last bit that I want to talk about, (coughs) excuse me, it's not COVID, is, um, (laughs) is he has made him known. All of this stuff that we learn, everything that we know, is not just for us. It's so that we know Jesus, but it's not just for us. Jesus wants relationship with us. He wants rhythms of grace with us so that we can share it with the world. I have yet to have the invitation received from Pastor Carol and Pastor Andrew, but we now have the blessing of two kayaks because we spoiled ourselves with a better one. And I have invited them to come with us to use the one. And one day, the answer is yes. It's just the time we're working out. So they've said yes to receiving the invitation. We're just working out the time. That's what it's like with Jesus. We say yes to him, and then we get to invite other people to come along. Come along. Come and see. Come follow me. And that's how we get to know the full experience of what it's all about. So, lastly, how does this affect us? God planned life in Jesus from the start. So, let us plan time with Him. Let's plan time with Him. Do you know your diary will get so full if you let it? So, my question is what is the first thing that goes into your diary? CEO meeting? study for my exam, take the children to ballet, horse riding, karate, whatever it is, or is it actually, Lord, where am I going to put you first? What do I need to give up, like those five resolution blockers? What do I need to give up so that that happens? If Jesus is the living expression of God, let's dwell with him. Let's make the point of saying yes and going along in the kayak, saying, yes, Lord, I'm going to do this. I'm going to close the door. I'm going to go into that space, and I'm going to abide with you during this time. And if Jesus desires relationship and rhythms of grace, let's find out what those rhythms of grace are, that as we we learn to know him, that we make him known in return. Amen. I'm going to ask Pastor Carol to come up and close for us. Thank you, Pastor C.
1: Thank you, my friend. What a, what a great word. Oh, Lord Jesus, we want this. What we've heard today, we want it. We want to be a people of your presence. Lord God, we want to be a people abiding You in you. We want your grace and truth centered in our souls. We want to be filled from the fullness of who you are, Lord God. We want to make you known in spectacular ways. We want our words and our actions to reveal Christ to others, Lord. Lord God, right now I, I want to pray for everyone's extended family, work colleagues, those around them. Lord God, I'm asking that this would be the year that people would see Christ in every single person here. Lord God, I'm asking that you would give us creative ideas to serve, to lead love in ways that Christ is known. I pray that our words would carry your power and the essence of who you are. Lord oh God, I pray that we would we would exude the miracle working power of Jesus Christ, that things would happen when we pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. I didn't mean to pray but because I'm going to pray again, but it seemed like a good thing to do. I I was, I was struck by a verse we said right at the beginning in our declaration, and it's John fifteen seven. It says, If you abide in me, the things that Sammy was talking about, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it shall be done for you. You know, That's not just like a blanket statement, you can have whatever you want. It's you can, ha- you can, you can want what's right and therefore have it that as you abide in him, something great happens in your heart and that your desires become the desires of heaven and you get that. And so I felt like I wanted to pray for people today for just new beginnings. I want to pray for you. If, if you have something in your heart that you want, you believe in God for this year, I'm going to ask you if you wouldn't man, mind standing up. Something that you're saying, God, I, w- I need it to be different from last year. I need it to be something new, and I, I'm, I'm almost like drawing a, la- uh, a line in the sand and saying, from here on out, I'm going, to, I'm going to live this way, and I'm going to believe you for something new in this area. So if that's you, won't you just stand up? thank you to all those who already have. Some of you had a brilliant year last year, and you're saying, Lord, just do it again. I'm happy with you. I'm right there. But if there's something you're saying, I I want something different this year, and I I want to step into that, and and I'm asking you for that. In light of what I've just read, I want to pray for you. So if you can just indicate that you're receiving something from Jesus by raising your hands or making body languages that says, I'm taking something from, I'm taking hold of the promises of Jesus Christ. Lord God, right now in Jesus' name, I pray for each and every person here. Holy Spirit, I just, I just speak to the disappointments of last year. I speak to the, the confusion of last year. I speak even to the mistakes of last year, and I command you to step to the side in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And right now, Lord God, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come upon them in power. Holy Spirit, I pray for this abiding to happen in their souls. I ask, Lord God, that they would be filled with the presence, the fullness of God, that grace and truth would be their portion. And I pray, Lord God, for a dynamic change. Holy Spirit, I'm gonna ask you where you are. Won't you just go ahead and ask the Lord? Just just in your own words. Between you and the Lord, just ask him for what you need this year. And Lord God, I want to agree. With everything spoken right now, Lord God, we agree and we stand with him and we declare yes to this. For Lord God, you promised that as we abide in you, that the things we ask will be done. And so Lord God, we commit ourselves to that abiding in your presence. Holy Spirit, lead us into the way of life. For these things, in Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand?